We're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. And so we're talking about the fruit of the Spirit. Hallelujah. And so um, I want to remind you of what the Word of God says in Galatians chapter 5, verses 22. It says, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness. Uh, King James says faith, but a better translation is faithfulness, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And they that are Christ have crucified the... Uh-oh. We were doing good until we got to crucify something. They that are Christ. So you, do you all belong to the Lord? What you got to do? You got to crucify the flesh with the affections. Oh, and the flesh has lust, right? It, and how are we going to do that? If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. And then we saw this in verse 16 of Galatians 5. We'll go backwards. It says, this I say then, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh. Now, what a lot of things are going on today, a lot of people just say, well, you know, the big one today is, well, I was just born that way to carry a lot of things, but um, you're never born by God a way that is sinful, that is against the word of God. Don't you ever forget that no matter what it is. That Because yes, you may, uh, like, uh, then we'll just get out of maybe where your mind went to, but if someone says, well, I was just born, you know, my family, uh, we're, a, you know, everybody's kind of got a, you know, a strong personality, and we have a lot of, you know, anger sometimes, and I have anger issues, but, you know, um, you know that's just the way God made me. No, that's part of your flesh, that's part of your fallen nature. And so we can't make excuses. Everybody good? It's Wednesday night. We can't make excuses for our flesh. And, you, you know, uh, it got real popular, you know, in the day to when people sinned, they start calling it missing it. Well, I just missed it. You did more than missed it. You sinned. Because if it's just missing it, it's not a big deal. But when it's sin, you can get over it. Well, yeah, pastor, but we're under grace, so there's no more sin. Well, you ought to read the rest of the New Testament and the whole Bible. Because First uh, John is written to you and I, and thank God we can uh, confess our sins, and He is faithful and just to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And the Bible is very. You say, "Well, I, I just don't believe that the New Testament church has to repent." Well, then just rip, rip the whole first part of Revelation out when He's talking to the churches and pretend that's all make believe and not for you, because at the end it says, "What? Repent." Every church, even the good one, Ephesians church, which I like to think we kind of model ourselves after. Is that pride? So I got to repent now. No, but, but, but even that church, what did he say? You've lost your first love. Repent, lest you fall. So y'all good? So what are we going to do? Well, then, but see, then on, on, on people, when they teach on this, then they get all, because some of you are doing it, but don't do it. Well, I got to get all bound up. I'm not perfect. And, ugh, you know, I got I to gotta do all this work. Well, no, it's still the same way by grace through faith. It's the same way by grace. God offers you something, and then you use your faith. Now, a lot of these things, these nine uh, fruit, we call them fruit of the Spirit. Well, the Word calls them fruit of the Spirit. These things are produced from your born-again spirit. Now, a lot of times we're going to look at some of them tonight, but, for example, faithfulness. Well, you know, uh, people say, well, you need to be faithful. What does that mean? Well, you need to be on time. You need to work hard. Well, an, an unbeliever can do that. An unbeliever can do that. So we're not talking about that. Now, do you need to be on time? Well, if you want God to be on time, maybe you ought to be on time. 
He should sow it. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Uh, you know, you should work hard. Should you work hard? You know, kids are back to school. Should they study hard? Yeah. Should you work hard? Should you, you know, I used to make a practice. Um, I tried to be there at least five minutes before my boss and leave five minutes after she did. But I mean, as soon as she was gone, I was right behind her. You know what I'm saying? Those are fine, but unbelievers can do that. So we're not talking about that. This is something that the, the Spirit of God produces. This is not something you can do on your own without God. And when it comes to the lust of the flesh, these are not things you can get rid of on your own. And you should, and that's why the church, because I've been away a little bit. Y'all ready for a double barrel? Are you okay? Because he's dealing with me about something. The reason the church, not us, not you, the church as a whole, unfortunately, he would probably have to address most of the church, especially in our nation, like he addressed the Corinthians. You're just mere men, carnal. If you're a friend of the world, James called it adultery. And so you and I, we, 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 we can't be that. I want the Lord to be my friend. Am I perfect? Oh, Rhonda can, Pastor Rhonda can say, no, he's not. Is he still under construction? Sure he is. Are you? But the thing of it is, we've got to stay under construction. In this case, how do you stay under construction? You walk in the Spirit. You see, if the, if the people are not taught, if you and I are not reminded and taught, because maybe you've already been taught, you know, if you've been around here, you've been taught, but you need to be reminded. I need to be reminded. I've got to walk in the spirit so I won't fulfill the lusts of my flesh. So I won't have thumos and I won't have anger. So, so there won't be a pornania. So there won't be um, a pharmakia. So there won't be all these things that we've been looking at, but Understand me. Yes, you need to crucify your flesh. Yes, you need to keep it under. But you can't even crucify your flesh without the help of the Holy Ghost. This is not something you do but willpower. We're not talking about no willpower. We're talking about God power. Now, your will is involved as you yield to the God power, but we're not talking about willpower only. Like you can do this in your own strength, in your own flesh. No, we're talking about God. We're talking about, so what does it mean to walk in the spirit? Jesus said, my words, they are spirit and they are life. And remember when Jesus met the woman at the well, he said, the, the hour coming now is when true worshipers shall worship me in spirit and in truth. So if you're walking in the spirit, you're going to have to walk in the word. Amen. If you're walking in the spirit, truly walk in the spirit. Because in our circles, people say, wow, they were really in the spirit that night when they ran around the room. Well, no, they yielded to the Holy Ghost. That's not walking in the spirit. Because, see, you can't do that 24-7. You can't yield to the Holy Ghost. You know, you can't dance at work. Well, you might, you know, get a little happy, but you can't do that all day long. So if that, or, or give a tongue and interpretation or all that, you can't do that all day long every day, but you can walk in the spirit uh, 24 hours a day. Even while you're sleeping, you ought to try to walk in the spirit. What is that? Because you can be in the spirit. One of the great things about praying in the Holy Ghost after you're filled with the Holy Ghost and speaking other tongues is it says, how be it in the, you, you speak mystery in the spirit. It, so that's another good way to stay in the spirit. But the primary way is to, to walk in the word to be a doer of the word.
And so when you're in the spirit, you won't fulfill the lust of your flesh. And so, you know, you, you look at all these and just for, because we've been so long, let's look at Galatians 5, um, um, 18. It says, but if you be led of the spirit, you're not under the law. Now the works of the flesh are these. King James, adultery, fornication, uncleanliness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strife, seditions, heresies, envy, murder, drunkenness, revelings, and such like. Of which I tell you before, as I told you in times past, that they which do these things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, now listen to me. Anytime you see inherit the kingdom of God, don't automatically go. They're not born again. Inheriting the kingdom of God is different than your name written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You can't inherit the kingdom of God. In other words, you're not going to be able to walk in the kingdom down here. Jesus came to preach the kingdom. And, and, you know, it talks about sin. It says that one time we were some of those. But so we're supposed to grow up. Are you all with me? So this is a grow up. So this is a grow up. I'm going to give you some spinach. And then you're going to rejoice over it. Or your favorite, broccoli, cauliflower, whatever you want to call it. But you're getting some more. Because it's time to grow up. Amen? Because they're looking, somebody's looking for us, the church, to grow up. And to show who we are. And so, here are these things. And so, you didn't remember, and neither, because I didn't remember. Uh, we left off at, we, we got excited about talking about goodness. Y'all remember that? No, we got somebody did goodness. How your notes are good. Hallelujah. What is goodness? The zeal of truth, the desire to abstain from even the appearance of evil. How you know the Bible says to even abstain from the appearance of evil, right? And uprightness of soul that abhors evil also means being good to someone, a person who is generous, big hearted and charitable. Everybody say, I am a person who is generous big-hearted, and charitable. Hallelujah. Let me, let's, let's look at some scripture that talks about that, and then we'll talk about then if we walk in goodness. Remember, I'm walking, I'm developing this fruit of the Spirit called goodness. And when I develop this fruit by walking in the Spirit, it pushes away a certain um, uh, fleshly things in my life. So, so what, what it's doing is when I get, you work out your salvation, so I get these things, I'm walking the spirit and goodness begins to grow in my life. The fruit of the spirit called goodness, a supernatural thing from God that results from my character, results from me walking in God, results from me walking in the word, results from me walking in the spirit. And then it begins to push out some things. So not only am I keeping my flesh under, but this, if I don't have this working on the inside, whatever you chop off, come on. I don't know how long you lived in Alabama, but if you try to keep your lawn up, if you don't put some stuff on it, the weeds will grow back. They will, I think more here than any other, they grow back. They just keep, what? come on, uh, if you don't pull out the root, the, if you just chop it off, they're going to come back. And that's all people can do if they're trying to correct something in the flesh. All you're doing is chopping it off. It will come back. It will come back. But if you, if you begin to walk in the Spirit and do the Word and pray in the Holy Ghost and walk with God, hallelujah, then that fruit begins as you mature. That fruit begins to grow and it pushes things out. And that fruit will bless you and it will bless everybody around you. Amen. I'm glad we don't have to choose between the fruit of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit. But if I had to, I'd choose the fruit. 
Now, you might, that might surprise you of who I am in my ministry, but I, I've studied this a long time. I would rather see a good fruit, not fruity bad people, not crazy people, but good fruit. But we're going to be fruit trees with some lights on us. Hallelujah. Okay, goodness. Everybody say goodness. So let's look at one that might surprise you. We quote this one all the time around here. Acts chapter 10, verse number 38. Acts chapter 10, verse 38, talking about Jesus. It says this, and how God anointed. Are y'all glad for the anointing? How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth of the Holy Ghost with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Now that word is a word that is uh, from the root of goodness, this A-G-A-T-H-O-S-U-N-E. It's a similar word. It's a derivative of it. And so when you see Jesus went about doing good, this is what it means, to do good deeds. Perform kind service benefits to be philanthropic. He was a philanthropist. Jesus? Well, that's what this word means. And I heard Rick Renner say that one time, and I'll be real honest, the first time I heard him say, oh, come on, Rick, that's not what that means. It means he went about doing good. And, but it's, there's the word and there. So how I many you know he, Jesus could do both? Yeah. Pastor Belinda just told you, are you blessed to be a blessing? Yeah. How many of you can't be a blessing unless you bless? Y'all remember when Jesus was a baby? Come on. I know you think that somebody, a king brought him one piece of gold, one piece of frankincense. I don't even know if it's a piece, and myrrh, because we do it, one, each little child, you know, holding one thing. But they came loaded with camels. They was coming to see a king, and they wanted to make sure they were in good with that king. I mean, you got a king with a star on top of it. Something's up. And we're going to bring a, we're gonna bring a, a boatload. Sorry to say another word. A boatload. Hallelujah. He had money. He took, Joseph, his dad, took all his treasures and all his stuff, and they went to Egypt, and they lived in Egypt in secret for two years. And Jesus had a treasurer who was skimming. Well, you can't skim if it's not full. There's no, you don't skim off of somebody who doesn't have anything. You skim off of somebody who's got a lot. And this word, good. So Jesus did both. And what is it from? It, what, Pastor Mark, we're not on subject. Yeah, it produces the fruit of goodness in you. And you'll want to do good to other people. All right. Hallelujah. Let's do this one. Let's, let's take it another direction. Galatians chapter 6, verse 10. I pray for the interpretation of whoever is up in the upstairs with my scripture because you should see my notes. They're kind of funny. Galatia. They're beautiful tonight, and they're going everywhere. This is like something Pastor Rhonda would do. Hallelujah. Go, uh, I wasn't throwing shade. It was, that was a compliment. It was. It was a compliment. One time when we first got married, I had her preach, and uh, I, I was just curious. I said, show me your notes. And. She had to post it. It's like, you can't preach off of that. Because I have usually an intro, three points, three, four scriptures in each one, transition sentence. So I teach people to do it. And I said, you can't preach off that. She said, watch me. <laughs> she threw it down. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 10, as we have opportunity, if we have opportunity, let us do what? Good. Same word. Let us do good unto all men. So some of this goodness seems to have to do with being blessed to be a blessing. Jesus went about doing good. 
You are supposed to have this same fruit, and you're supposed to go about doing what? Good. Let us do good unto all men, especially unto them who are of the household of faith. Let's look at this one. Um, Romans 15, 14. Romans 15, 14. It says, and I myself am also persuaded of you, my brethren, that you also are full of goodness. Everybody shout, I'm full of goodness. I'm full of goodness. Well, how did I get it? I walked in the spirit. It's a fruit. So can you tell? Oh, this is going to get good. How can you tell if someone's been in the spirit or not? Yeah, by what they produce. This is for grown-ups or those that are growing up. When we first got married, you know, you know, we both, you know, you're married. And you, you're married, hallelujah, and stuff's going on sometimes. And she used to say this to me, and it was really, you know, she was not being comical. She meant it. Uh, but, you know, when you get a little fleshy with the, when you're married, you know, you want your own way, and you be selfish and whatever. And um, she just would look at me. She said, you need to go spend some time with Jesus. <laughs> We're all a little better when we spend time with Jesus. We're all a little better when we walk in the Word. We're all a little better when we walk in the Spirit. Can, I can tell and you can tell when someone's more or less been walking in the Spirit. The deal is God wants us to walk in the Spirit all the time. And it's not easy, but it can be done. It can be done. So I myself am persuaded of you, my brethren, that you are full of goodness. Say it again, I'm full of goodness. Filled with all knowledge, able also to admonish one another. Let's look at this one. Let's look at 2 Thessalonians 1.11 out of the New Living. 2 Thessalonians 1.11 out of the New Living. I believe it's 2. 2 Thessalonians 1.11. So we keep on praying for you. That our God would enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. That he would give, that he would give you the power. Goodness, the fruit of it, is very active. And there it says, I like the way the New Living said it best, May he give you the power to accomplish all the good things. You know, as a church, we've done some really good things. People, uh, uh, if you wondered, you know, every school year we do usually do the Nike thing, but it just wasn't in my heart this year, and so therefore we didn't do it because I don't do things out of um, I don't do things out of religious habit or just to do them. Because there has to be some there has to be some oomph, there has to be some unction, there has to be the Lord said. Because when the Lord says, it goes good. Right? And so uh, we've done that. Man, we've done some good things. We, we gave a, a, a couple in India, a missionary that we love and respect. Uh, and one Sunday, we bought them a car. One Sunday, we, that's a good thing. Hallelujah. She was having trouble getting up in their Jeep, and she needed a car. But they didn't need it. But in order for her to do the ministry, she needed it. She's since gone home to be with the Lord. But her last days, she was able to get in a car. And go to the ministry and do what she was. And, and she was a mother to a lot of those young ladies in India. 
It's good to be able. You're blessed to be a blessing. But even before you all get it, may he give unto you the power to accomplish all the good things that your faith prompts you to do. If your faith prompts you to do something good, then you can do it. Amen. What will this do? What will this do? Well, it will get rid of uncleanness. If you have this goodness working on the inside of you, it will get rid of lewd, unclean thoughts that eventually uh, produce lewd and unclean actions. It'll get rid of strife, uh, this goodness uh, uh, bent on getting what what you want at no matter what cost. It gets rid of heresies, a click behavior. It gets rid of adultery. I mean, if you got a goodness working in your life, it it just gets rid of so many things. And, And so we went over some of that already, but let's move on to the next one. We're done reviewing. Hallelujah. The next one is faithfulness, which is the word pistis, P-I-S, T-I-S. And it means someone who can be trusted and confided in. Unswerving loyalty to a person or a plan. uh, Punctual in performing promises. Someone who can be trusted. You say, well, you know, that's just something we all should be, something trusted. But you see, when you walk in God, God can God be trusted? Is he good to his word? Has he not said it? Will he not also? So what is that? That's his character. This fruit is part of the character of God, and you can't get it on your own. And if you have a form of it from who you are, that's fine. And I'd rather someone be faithful uh, than unfaithful. But if you want the God kind of faithfulness, you can only get it from God. In other words, when you get it from God, uh, it'll change your life and everybody around you. It's not dependent on your flesh and how you feel. It comes from God. It comes from God. I don't know if I'm helping you, but I haven't quite said it that way, and it really is helping me. Hallelujah. Faithfulness. Amen. Someone who can be trusted and confided in, unswerving in loyalty to a person or a plan, uh, punctual in performing promises. And so let's look at some scripture about faithful. Uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse number 2. Uh, that's 17, and that's a good one, too. So we'll start there. For this, okay, verse 2, I'll start there. Now, a person who is put in charge, uh, it said, moreover, it is required of a steward that a man be found what? Now, what's this talking about? This is talking about finances and all the things God has asked you to do. So it is required of a steward. So no matter what God gives you, it's required of you that you be found faithful. But you can't just get that on your own. The faithfulness, everything we get has to come from God. Yes, your flesh needs to cooperate. But this faithfulness that that you be found, I want to get it to you. If you get it from God, if if you get the download from God, if you're walking in the Spirit, then you're doing it with God's power, not your own power. Because I guarantee you, your power will eventually run out. Something will happen where your flesh just can't do it anymore. Good for you if you're faithful. Good for you if you're a hard worker. Good for you if you're on time. Good for you if you can outstudy everybody else. Good for you if you can outwork everybody else. But if you do it in the flesh, eventually you're going to crash. Eventually you can't do it. And in that way, you get all the glory. Good for you. You're awesome. You're spectacular. But if God does it through you 
and someone says, man, you're the most faithful person I've ever seen, you'll have to immediately go, Ooh, well, glory to God. The Lord enables me. The Lord helps me. The Lord is doing that through me. I remember when I was an accountant, and I did work hard, and you have to work hard. But I remember uh, when I got filled with the Holy Ghost. Because did you know God knows accounting? He knows how to cook. Come on, Jesus made some food. I'm sure that fish was awesome. Um, Jesus know the Lord knows everything. And no matter what you do, he can help you with it. And after I got filled with the Holy Ghost and I'd run into accounting problems and we couldn't figure it out all day long, I'd go home and ask the Lord. And then uh, he, he would tell me to do something or look at something. And how many know, he, if he got good at it, he was always right. He could make my balance sheet balance better than anybody. If you don't understand that, because um, one penny off is not good enough. It has to be God. He can help you. And he made me look like a genius. And I would always, I didn't know how, I didn't know I was supposed to do it, but my boss would say, wow, that, you figured that out. I said, praise God. And one time she said, I wish you'd quit saying that. But I never did. Of course, I didn't work with her too much longer after that, but praise God. The Lord helped me. God's good. He enabled me. Always giving him glory. Always giving thanks. Because I got this fruit. So faithfulness. Let's look at another one. 1 Corinthians 4.17. 1 Corinthians 4.17. says, For this cause I have sent unto you Timothy, who is my beloved son and faithful in the Lord, so, who shall bring into you remembrance of my ways, which is uh, in Christ, as I teach everywhere in every church. Uh, let's look at Matthew 25.21. Matthew 25.21. He said, the Lord said, Well done, good and what kind of servant? Remember, this is the parable of the talents. So this is, again, talking about money. But, um, and really, money is a place that God will uh, check your fruit of uh, faithfulness more than anything else. Because the Bible teaches a lot about that. You're stewards over uh, the mysteries of God, but you're also steward over your finances. If God can't trust you with money, he's not going to trust you with the anointing. That's scripture. That's scripture. So the prophet... Um, well, let me get back there. That shocked me. So it's not strange, and think it not strange, for your enemy to bring in false things that would remove the very thing that would destroy him. What's he talking? Yeah, it's a koropapa. So if God has to prove us faithful with finances, think it not strange when the devil would try to get you or the church as a whole, not you, but the church as a whole to remove that finances, that testing place from the hand of God. Because the Lord, the devil knows God is tied to his word. He's tied to it. So where is that? Well, I'm glad you asked. I wasn't planning on going this direction. I'm not, well, of course, I'm not the boss around here. Hallelujah. I'm not the boss around here. Uh, Luke 16, verse 10. He that is faithful in that which is the least is faithful. This just goes right along with this. I didn't, it wasn't in my things. He is faithful in that which is the least is faithful in the much. He that is unjust in the least is unjust. What's he talking? The least is money. 
The least is money. Now, you don't hear a lot of prosperity teachers teaching on that's the least. But even in prosperity, money is just part of it. It's not it. It's not it. Um, if, if all is, is it, then you got your, your pupils are dollar signs and you love money. I don't love money. It serves me. I don't serve it. Amen. If therefore you've not been faithful in unrighteous man, what is that? If you've not been faithful in money, who will commit to you to riches? And, and I, I'm, I'm a pro, people call me a prosperity preacher. So if you want to label, it's just a gospel. The gospel is about prosperity. I, I, I'm a word preacher. You can call me whatever you want, but I do believe the Lord died so I could be rich. Call me a prosperity preacher. That's not a, that's not derogatory to me, but the truth of the matter is everybody, li, listen, the true riches there is not talking about billions. It's not talking about zillions. It's talking about anointing. It's talking about the presence of God. It's talking about the manifestations of the spirit. It's talking about the weighty things. And how does God do it? He said, if you've been unfaithful in money, I can't give you the weighty stuff, the big stuff which is anointing, which is the power of God. God uses money to check us. You, verse 13, then verse 12, if you've not been faithful in that, which is another man. Well, people say, and so this is twofold. The tithe is holy belongs to the Lord. It's his. Settle it. Yeah, but I what does the word say? Hallelujah. Who shall give you that which is your own? If you can't be, and then you can do it this way. Oh, Lord, well, we're here. It's a good review, isn't it? Hallelujah. We just got started. I remember when I worked at McDonald's, not McDonald Douglas, McDonald's, the Golden Arches. I was an accountant, had an accounting degree, and the Lord made me go back to, and I know most of you have heard this, but it made me go back when I, uh, in, um, in 88, 89, 90, he made me go back to work at McDonald's, which is what I used to pay myself through Indiana State. And I didn't want to do it. And uh, I had a good accounting job and I got down there, but I made more mistakes in one week than I'd never made in my whole entire life. And the guy was about to fire me, so I quit because I'd never been fired from a job. Hallelujah. So I quit because I knew I was out of the will of God. And my mama said to me on the way down, she said, where are you going to work? And I said, anywhere but McDonald's. Well, I ate those with some salt on it. And so the Lord sent me to McDonald's. He told me if I didn't go to work at McDonald's, I'd miss half of my training. Well, I thought that was ridiculous, but he's smarter than I am, and I didn't know that yet. So I went to work at McDonald's, and um, when I was at, especially my second year, um, I began to put in practice what I was learning at school. And so with this scripture, this man who owned this place, he drove the coolest yellow Corvette. Oh, my gosh. He, at that time in my life, that guy had more dollars than cents. I mean, he was overflowing. And I think he had like seven or eight McDonald's. And I mean, he just, you know, it's just one of those people, you, you know, whether you saw him and knew who he was, you knew that he had some cash hanging out with him. And so, you know, the, the thing could be is, well, he don't need any more money. He's fine. But you know what? I decided that was his store. And I was put there to learn some things. So I began to believe that that man would make more money off that store than he'd ever had. And I treated it like it was mine. 
And I know Pastor Rhonda, when she worked in insurance, she was an insurance adjuster. She said uh, one time she went on this yacht thing. I don't have time to tell it all, but they used to take these people, the insurance uh, people used to take, the lawyers used to take these people out so that they would get favorable stuff. But uh, this one lawyer said, who's Rhonda? And he's like, she's like, here I am. And he's like, you treat that like it's your money. In other words, why don't you let some of it go? But if you know her at all, she's only going to do what's right. But you see, that wasn't just her. That was, God, that was the fruit of the Spirit really called faithfulness. She was faithful to the company, and she used to send private investigators. Like you should let her tell her own stories. But she used to send private investigators about who they were, against people who were lying that they were hurt. Like, I love this one. She caught somebody who supposedly had a back surgery and they were making a little extra cash, taking children and putting up up on a pony. Uh, an adult. I mean, but their back, they were laying down the back, I guess, when, when, the, when the, the lawyer came by. But then they got pictures of them picking up heavy things. Their back ain't hurt and you ain't getting no money from here. <laughs> Wasn't supposed to lift five pounds. Throwing sixty pound, you know, kid, uh, adult. You ain't getting no money from her, from her insurance. Well, that. Well, just give it to him. No, it's wrong. That's another person's money, not yours. And that's the way I used to do. I used to. I, 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 I'm trying to get on, but maybe I'll help you. So no matter where you work, if you, especially if you want to own something, your own someday, treat it like it's yours. Well, they don't need any more money. Well, that's not right. Be faithful to God's stuff and be faithful to that which is not your own. Uh, my, my boss, because I was the acting first assistant, anytime the owner would call and I was there, she, I'd never forget it because it's the day before cell phone. She'd put her hand on the phone. She'd say, Mark, what are you believing for today? Why? Because we hit it. Because I not only started doing it, but I started teaching other people around me. Let's believe God together. Well, what does that mean? That means we all go work harder. Because there's going to be more people in here wanting a Big Mac. Wanting some chicken nuggets. And wanting some hot, I'm going to make you all hungry. Some hot, not some cold floppy ones. Some hot McDonald's fries with just the right amount of salt on them. I don't serve up no crap in my McDonald's. Mm. Mm. That's the way I felt about it. I took it personal. If I wouldn't eat it, I wouldn't let them eat it. Treated it like it was mine. This place, we didn't do nothing. This is all God's. He did it. We do our best to be faithful. But I want the bigger stuff. I want the power. I want the anointing. I, I, I want to see children who have diseases instantly healed. I've seen it in part, but, but I need to see more. I, I, I need to see people walk in here that, that, that are messed up. Then a moment in the presence of God will change them forever. But money is a tool you can't, don't let anybody, oh, don't, anyway. What are we talking about? We're talking about faithfulness. Hallelujah. So we get through all that one. That was good. That was worth coming to church for. Hallelujah. Second Thessalonians 1 through 4. 
Second Thess. So that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith, your persecutions. Well, that's not right. It's a good scripture. Let me find it. I wrote it down wrong. Maybe it's first. That's, I do that a lot. Let's see. First Thessalonians. Let's see if that one's the right one. One through four. Nope. Hallelujah. Oh, verse 4, 2 Thessalonians 4. It's, the word is different, but it's the Greek word. It's the, it's, the, it's the Hebrew word, Greek, Hebrew. It's the right word. And tribulate, the Greek word. <laughs> the tribula, I'm just kind of lost back in there. That's where I was. And tribulations that you endure. That word is patience. It's the same word. So, so that we ourselves glory in you in the churches of God for your patience and faith in all your persecutions and tribulations that you endure. That's the word for goodness. That's the word for faithfulness, I mean. That's the word for faithfulness. How, let me get myself together. I really do want to see the presence and the power of God. And if being faithful with money is going to get it there, then I'm going to do it. Then we're going to do it. Then we're going to do it. It's not just about sowing to get. It's not. It's a principle you need to be taught, but that's not what it's about. It's about obeying God. It's about putting him first. It's about being faithful in things that he has put on the earth to check the reins of our heart. And if that's what he's decided, the Unrighteous mammon, just money, it's just money. But it's just money. But it is a you can see it right. It is a stumbling block for some people. And I'm telling you, the further you pull away from that, the further you're going to pull away from the anointing. Because the devil knows what the Holy Ghost was saying. The devil knows God the Father is, is stuck with his word. He's going he's gonna to do his word. So he's not going to change how he doles out the anointing and the precious things in this new and modern age with revelation that doesn't line up with the word of God. It's deceiving. It's a deceiving spirit. Yeah, but you either take it with the word and see what the word says, ask the Holy Ghost to reveal it to you, and stick with the word. Stick with the word. Stick with the word. Stick with good Bible interpretation and stick with the word. Are you with me? I want the anointing. Amen. I know you all do. We're going to see it. We're going to see it together. So what does faithfulness do? What does it get rid of? Well, if you're faithful, if you're someone who can be trusted and confided in, then you're not going to be committing adultery. Um, if you're f uh, faithful, then you're not going to have idolatry. Now, there's modern idolatry. It's not just having a statue in your house of Buddha. Right? What's, what's an idol to people today? All kinds of modern things are idols to people today. When a so what is idolatry? When a person gives complete, undivided attention, devotion, passion... 
love or commitment to a person, project, or other object other than God. Idolatry. I'm passionate about this, but is that before God? Now, it's not in Alabama, it's not just football. But in today, think about it. Don't make me say it. In modern society in the United States right now, what are people passionate about? What's, what, what do they breathe? What do they talk about all the time? Well, is it, does it mean that thing is not important or valuable? No, but it becomes an idol when it gets out of its place. God will not share with anything. There is no other God supposed to be in our life. There's nothing, nothing God number one. Not your career, not your family. God, not your job. Oh, we're in here tonight. Not your politics. Not your money. Not your hobby. Not your sports. Praise the Lord. Did we get them all? Hallelujah. I'm sure we all have some. And the Lord wants you to have fun. He wants you to enjoy this life. He does. He does. But you do that out of God number one. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, that's good. Hallelujah. Uh, um, faithfulness just gets, it gets rid of seditions. What is sedition? Um, one who rebels and steps away from someone to whom he should have been loyal. So when you're faithful, uh, you know, that in your flesh, uh, this sedition, but it's not necessarily what you think, but it's, it's someone who rebels and steps away from someone to whom they should have been loyal. This person defies authority. So seditions of the flesh is someone who's defiant of authority. And what will get rid of that? Well, when you're faithful to God, it'll push that out of you. It'll push that out of people. Because you can tell, uh, you know, um, yes, God things, wants things done right and he wants things done proper. But um, we're not supposed to have a seditious spirit, you know, of our flesh about it, how we uh, achieve things. Praise the Lord. All right. Um, um, so... Let's look at, let's at least introduce this one. Let's introduce meekness. Because I got a lot of scripture on meekness. It's interesting to me, I found the most on meekness. Uh, and it's probably one of the few that as a whole we talk about the least. Because meekness looks like weakness. Because when we, you hear meekness, you equate that with weakness. You know, uh, we don't want no, you know, women don't want no weak and meek, wimpy guy. They want a man. You know what I'm saying? But meekness, Bible meekness, is not weakness. I heard some amens in there. I heard some secret amens. All right. So, but meekness is not necessarily what you think it is. So let's look at it. So meekness from God is mildness, but it's an even balance of all tempers. And passion. So it's an even balance of all tempers and, and uh, passions. The entire opposite of anger. 
So this is the total opposite of anger. Being evenly balanced, uh, uh, remaining in control of yourself in the face of insults and injuries. So this, this um, meekness is able to maintain when someone is throwing, uh, telling you about your mama or something, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you're able to maintain yourself and be in control in the face of insults and injuries. It's not weak. It means to be controlled. So meekness is not weakness. It means you're in control. You're in control of your vessel. You're in control of your mouth. You're in control of your fists. You're in control of your feet. They're not kicking somebody. Seriously. Well, I couldn't control it. Well, that means you gave in to the flesh. Well, you know, I can't understand how that, that person, you know, uh, she said or he said they're filled with the Holy Ghost and spoke in other tongues. But I, I saw them beat the crud out of them. Just give them a beat down. Well, they wasn't filled with the Holy Ghost that day or that moment. Come on. Well, that's not possible. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. Seems to be moments later. I'm not going to let you do that. Get behind me, devil. Yeah, it can happen. So there's a difference. You, you and I need to walk in the spirit. And meekness is really important. So everybody, we want to be even balanced. All right, let's look at a couple of these, and then we'll, um, we'll, we'll, we'll pick it up. Because you'll all be back. Yeah. Yeah. Hallelujah. Galatians chapter 6, verses uh, one and two. Brethren, if a man be overtaken of fault, you that are spiritual. Got any spiritual people in the room? This is Wednesday night. Well, that should have been a bigger one. I say, I'm spiritual. spiritual. What are you going to do, you spiritual people? You're going to restore such a one and how? In the spirit of meekness. It's not weakness, but so what does that mean? If someone's going to need to be restored, there might be some fussing going on. And you're going to have to restore them in the spirit of meekness, considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. So see, this restoration process, if you really dig down into it, is not an easy-peasy thing. Sometimes restoring people can get ugly. Bear one another's burdens, and so you fulfill the law of Christ. Hallelujah. Um, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. We'll pick up at verse 22, I believe. Flee from youthful, youthful lust, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, agape, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. So we're gonna, what are we supposed to do with our flesh? We're supposed to flee it. Flee youthful lust. How many know it doesn't matter if you're 60, those youthful lusts can try to get back on you. But follow what? How do you get rid of it? Righteousness, faith, love, peace. With them that call upon the Lord out of a pure heart, out of a pure heart. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid, knowing that they gender strife. So people are always questioning everything, always trying to, you know, stir up stuff. It says, um, verse 24, and the servant of the Lord must not strive or be in strife, but be gentle unto all men apt to teach and be patient. So someone who has a bunch of foolishness about them, 
always question everything. What do you need? Well, you had to have walked in the Spirit. You're going to have to have this fruit called meekness and be even-tempered, and you're going to have to teach away their foolishness. A servant of the Lord must not strive. So you don't, you don't, you don't, um, my post is greater than, you know, you made a post, I'm going to post over the top of you. You said something, I'm going to do you one better. You come after me, I'm coming after you. Well, that's not godly. Praise the Lord. In meekness, ah, there it is. In meekness, instructing those that oppose. Listen, they, they, the Bible says they oppose themselves. If God peradventure will give them repentance to acknowledging of the truth. So how are we supposed to reach these messed up people? How are we supposed to reach this messed up generation? Well, you hear some people talk, well, just you know, lamb blast them, you know, do whatever, yell at them, scream at them, whatever. No, the Bible says in meekness, in self-control, instruct them with what? The word of God. Tell them what the word says about them. Tell them what's available in the word. Tell them who Jesus is. Tell them what Jesus has done. And then the Bible says, peradventure, it's on them, but they'll give themselves to repentance and they'll acknowledge the truth of who Jesus is. Well, if this is the Bible, then this is what works. If this is, the, if this is the Word, this is what works. So the fruit of the Spirit also helps me to evangelize. The fruit of the Spirit helps me reach somebody who's been hit with a stupid stick two or three times. Meekness helps me reach someone who is backslidden, who's never been born again. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all doing good. I got one minute and I'm going to take it. Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Ephesians chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. With all loneliness and meekness, with long suffering, forbear one another in love, with all control. Right? With all control. With all control. Would the devil love to poke at your flesh? Are there certain kind of people that poke at your flesh even though they're born again and filled with the Holy Ghost? So what are we supposed to do? With all lowliness and meekness, with Woo, another fruit. Hallelujah. So this one, you got to have two fruits. So far we got two fruits to deal with these uh, stiff-necked folk who are born again that you go to church with, who are part of the body of Christ. Forbearing one another. Oh, there's another one. Love. Goodness. That's the first one. That's the first fruit, right? With all loneliness, meekness, long suffering, forbear one another in love. Verse 3. Endeavoring to do what? So people's flesh and the devil want to get what? The body of Christ out of unity. Of the spirit in the bond. And then what, they, what do they come to do? They come to bring thumos instead of peace. Oh, there's another one. We have a fruit count. Hallelujah. Is there more here that I wanted to do? Verse 3. We're done. Hallelujah. So what's the fruit for? Well, again, it's produced in us so that we can walk it out. 